Welcome to the Hoops and Huddle podcast, and I am Malika, and he is... It's me, the rubric. This is B. I'm here with, right with you, Malika. We're going full circle today. Full We're going circle. full where circle um, from where we started. <laughs> we are joined by um, Nets Kingdom. We have Nets Kingdom AJ. We have Nets Kingdom Saint from what the is, YouTube uh, yo, yo. Um, oh, here yo. joining us as we're going to have our first off-season um, pod episode because, I, you know, like we cover all teams technically, but the Nets are our team and we're kind of a mess right now. So I just wanted to start the off-season spaces with doing a realistic look at the Nets. I am doing this... I admit that we are doing this a little early, two days before the draft. So this episode will publish after the draft. So there's a trade on draft day. We will not be discussing that today. If if like if we make any movement, move up, down, trade for a star before the draft, we will not be discussing that today. And we don't see so, the future. We can't see the future. We can't see the future. I understand the timing, but I think our issues are not going to happen on draft day. I think most of our movement is going to happen after the draft. Um, Jay for BK will be joining us at some point, and you'll hear his voice when he's um, able to join us. But I wanted to start off with, let's start off with actually, it was announced that Joe Tsai is going to move up to president of president of the board or the chairman of Alibaba. Um, so let's start with do we think that 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 means clara Sai will take more of a leadership role with the nets or do you think uh, or a combination of her and sean marks will be um but i'm just curious do we see clara Sai's role expand to not just the liberty more also to the net side i wanted to get you guys perspective on that absolutely not he is playing the same role that steve Ballmer does and guys like Steve Ballmer, um, Ryan Smith with Qualtrics, um, Joe Sai, um, Laurie, I think Mark Laurie, he's with um, um, Minnesota. These guys are like uber, uber executives who do not take their finger off the pulse. Uh, I think he should step down. I think there's a cultural disconnect between him and the culture of the NBA. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't see a guy like that stepping off the gas. I see him trying to take more control. Um, now, I don't know much about his relationship with his wife, so I can't say that a whole bunch. Uh, but I hope it doesn't turn into a situation like the Benson family in New Orleans. Yeah. What do you guys think? You guys agree? Gonna, you want to go first, Saint, or I'll go? Yeah. You guys, Saint. Yeah. Yo, uh, I mean... I, I agree with Brandon. Like, would I love her to take a more important role? Yes. I think in we've seen in numerous times when things were a little, little sticky and touchy that she seemed to come to the forefront and her name deliberately was put in there when trying to help solve some problems that we've seen over the last three, four seasons. Um, I like her temperament. I think she has a better temperament, a better mind to deal with basketball especially dealing with players and owner like the owner situation 
but I don't think it's really going to change that much. Like, I think the liberty is her thing, but at the same time, I, I would love it. I really would love for her to come more in the forefront and take that control than Joe Psy. But I, do I see it happening? No. I, I think Joe Psy has shown, too, that he has put way more power, way more influence in Sean Marks's hands than we would probably like sometimes as fans. I've seen that. I think that's a big part of it. I think they have a whole lot of trust in Jeff Peterson that, you know, it's like as you come to find out, he's more of the guy in the background making some of these moves, especially in the draft, right? Like everybody mm -hmm. gives it to Sean mm -hmm. Marks, but that guy's got a very much heavy hand in who we're drafting. Um, I think Joe has a lot of, he's put a lot of power in other people below him to really step up. I'm sure he's, he's going to make, basically. yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I, but what I love for her to be, more of a, a a decision maker than joe i would but i just don't see it happen let me ask you how much of a role do you think marks played in let's say the kevin durant trade uh i think and, josiah had complete yeah. control of that trade that's what i think too yeah, and i look at him and matt ishbia as guys who are trying to like take control of big big situations like it doesn't mean shit if <laughs> if you let yeah, Marks trade uh you know trade for me and and you yeah. <laughs> but don't, but don't forget the game changers are going to be these top tier players and when these guys step in and step over james jones or step over sean marks that's what tells me and these guys are are trying to be the next jerry jones but don't forget, Sean Marks has also come out routinely and publicly said through trades, like when it was Dinwiddie and other people, where he's always said, hey, this is generational money change for them. I want them to be happy. It's not just about what we get. It's I want to. He's done that, too. Whether Exactly. Like, I know they, the podcast people listen can't see some faces, but yeah. like I get it, right? He says the right things, but no doubt, I, no doubt, no doubt. I, I, I agree. I agree with you after this last iteration of losing Kyrie, losing KD, yeah. I'm sure that was more Joe side than anything. Yep. It was like, I'm done with this. Get him out of here. Send him where he wants. I don't care where Kyrie goes. Like, I, I, I'll agree with that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm on the uh, other side because when I saw this story, I was like, Wait a minute! Is this true? Is Clara could be more of a part of the, you know, the um, the decision making? But then I read over Nest Daily's article, and um, Alibaba is doing bad. Like their stocks have yeah, dropped. Yeah. Um, he's saying that Josiah might have to be involved in like the headquarters, which is I think it's like Hangzhou, something. I said it wrong, but it's a place in Hong Kong. Yep. Um, that he might have to step into, and I think now that the Nets are kind of like transitioning, and Josiah's had a lot of input on the trades and everything that's been going on and he's seen how it kind of messed things up. I think he might actually say, I'm 50-50 on this. He might actually take a lesser role and let Clara, um, Sean Marks, um, whoever's in charge, uh, Jeff Peterson, like like Saint was saying, let those guys kind of take the realm of things and he has to do what he has to do in um, Hong Kong or in China. He's still the governor, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That role, he's key decision maker representative of the nets amongst yeah. the owners and, okay. and during the kd he's going trade, to keep that he's going to keep that yeah. he wants that elite seat yeah during the kd trade he was actually on the phone with matt ishbia um trying to, to cipher a deal and i know they were kind of like bent over this thing about jay crowder being involved in the deal and yeah. matt ishbia wasn't you know 
wasn't trying to give up Jay Crowder, but at last minute he did. He called Josai back, and that's why KD got traded at like 2 a.m. because it was like a late night call. And Matt Ashby was like, "Okay, you got it. I'll give you Jay Crowder." And KD was a son after that. So okay. Josai was involved. I have, yeah, I have to say that um, I read the article too, and I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if Clara Sai gets. And I think, and also, I want to keep in mind that the, I heard rumors about um, the GM that left, of course, Bob Myers, mm-hmm. um, about the offers that Joe was making to him, like around him, around Sean Marks, to see if, hey, if we offer him percentage of ownership, um, you know, like, or because he knows, I think he knows there's a problem with between him and how he's viewed with players maybe we put yeah. a figurehead yeah you know put somebody there that yeah. is trusted he, by he, i heard he was trying aggressively with yeah. but i'm not i don't know for sure this is just a rumor i heard he was trying but you know bob i but then i also heard Bob myers is taking time um to make his decision so i'm like okay what is he what did he promise marks because I haven't heard of a long, you know, like a long-term deal being signed with Marks, but this is a pivotal um, summer. But I know a lot of teams are waiting to hear, you know, like in terms of signing a long-term GM, some of the bigger teams are waiting to see what, you know, can he, you know, what, can, you know, because Bob Myers holds all the cards. Now let's move on. I was just curious to how we, how we felt, how we felt about that thing, because that's kind of like mm, I'm watching that now in terms of the draft. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, I think with Bob Myers, like, because I think we brought it up, like some people, you've heard some people speak highly of the front office, then you get other people, other players' opinions, and, you know, they don't come out and say it's trash, but it, it's not really glowing. But I think if you did add somebody like Bob Myers to the Nets, I think that, that would help somebody like Sean Mark in the front office a little bit with player relationships like i i have always felt like in some level i think that's what separates some of the organizations from others is that they've the front office has learned between coaching staff and players like all that have like a great relationship right like you look at the warriors and you can just tell by interactions from players and all the way up that like they're all on the same page yeah they yeah. have good relationships they communicate where it's not like I'm in charge and you're gonna do what I'm gonna say. Like I think we could we could use a little of that. I, I think and if Bob Myers helps that, great. But I would like to see that because I feel like when you have an organization from owner, front office, whether it's president, coaching staff, players, like all on the same page, page pushing towards the same goal, it really does change, especially the communication. I, I would love to see that. Whether would, it happens, I would too. But I wonder. The reason uh, Myers has the reputation he does is because of the philosophy of the of Joe Lacob. And it is one that says, I'm letting the people that I'm putting in the role take control and make decisions and be the voice of our organization. Joe Sy hasn't shown that he's willing to let somebody else make the call. He would have had he Bob Myers. When Bob Meyer says, yo, I'm making the call. Yeah, yeah he would have had to. That's my thing. That's one of the reasons I was excited. Yeah, when, no when I heard I'm the rumor. Sure. Yeah. When I heard the rumor, that's one of the reasons I was excited. Because I was like, if this happens, that means Bob Myers will have control. Because someone like him, 
will have to have control. But it didn't happen. It was just a small rumor. I didn't have an extreme faith because I'm like, why would Bob Myers come here? But, you know, like, um, hey, it was a flittering of hope. You know, like, you know, like, you you know, like, and I was like, until he announces, my fingers are crossed. But who, let's see what Sean Marks does. I did see an article from Chris Winfield that said, um, and, you know, I put in our little group that, you know, Sean Marks is the perfect, per- the perfect GM for the situation the Nets are in. Um, so let's see, let's need a better ball handler decision maker yeah that position i'm just saying we should draft the the guy so he can be in the wings because spencer this is spencer's last year like he's not going to be on contract next year so it's either we trade for a a veteran or a star point guard you know or we and we we can also have another guy waiting in the wings well we need to have we need to trade or get a Mm -hmm. get it maybe we we get a veteran point guard that is a better decision maker and um and it can handle the ball yeah um especially late in games because there were times when Dinwiddie was clicking there were times where he would click the whole game and then we get to the end of the game what the hell is he doing right um there'll be times where we we're close to winning a game and he'll he'll do something that terrible turnovers and it'll be a great game so far it's like Dinwiddie then when he got the ball, yeah. something's gonna happen. And just like you know, he does hero like if you can call, like a person like with uh, arthritis knows when uh, knows when rain is coming. You know, you <laughs> you did you know, it was just you know that's just what I'm you know as a yeah. Nets fan that's been my experience watching Dinwiddie and when after the after the trade. Um, and so I personally, I personally do not trust him in that role all season as the lead point guard. Now, if he is there, um, hopefully the coaching staff can get in his head and do something. I just don't, I don't get him off, get trade him. You know what I mean? Like get a better decision maker if you can't get a number one point guard. So that's one trade I do want to see happen. I don't care where he is in the trade. For his development, I want to see Cam Thomas. Um, because this coach, let's see what, the, maybe this coaching staff could get, you know, can work with him to get him to where we need him on the defensive side of the ball. Um, maybe we can do, but Cam, I don't want to trade Cam. But we're not, he's just, I feel like he's been here seasons and he hasn't, you know, they'll put the ball in his hands when they have nobody. And then as soon as they get somebody, they sit in this, they sit in this behind down. And it's like, so I'm curious in terms of what trades I want to see that we can get into the Cam Thomas, not Cam Thomas, Cam Johnson extension um, and look at our, because I'm looking at our um, cap. And at this point in time, we're over the cap. So, and we got Ben Simmons, but we don't have to talk about the Ben Simmons issue because we know he's not going anywhere. Let's talk about the other parts of the roster. What trades or transactions wouldn't, I wouldn't, and I'll just throw this out there. I wouldn't mind if we were to get to Dante Murray. I, maybe I'm in a small camp with that, but to Dante Murray, Murray, I wouldn't mind. I'm not as excited about Dane. That salary, 
I, I, you know, that we got to think about contracts long term and the impact in the second apron and, and how it handicaps teams. Now I'll let you guys take it. Oh, yeah. Let's Brandon go first. Brandon, go ahead, because I'm looking at. Yeah, go ahead. I worry about the draft and that we all know being competitive in this league, you're going to need a top tier guy or a costly guy at the top of your depth. And they don't have a lot of assets to give up. So framing a draft squad, building for not having the star in the role, I think is tough because whoever you're going to bring in will disrupt all of those plans. I don't, if you're talking about the top 10, 15, 20 guys in the league. Now, I do like Dame. I think Dame is one of the few guys in the league that you definitely want in your locker room from both production as well as helping these young boys be men. Like he's one of the few guys in the league I would say that for. Uh, however, I don't believe Dame really wants to leave and he hasn't been saying much and he's one of the guys I believe in the league that speaks his mind. I, I don't think he's walking out of there. Uh, from a point guard position, I like somebody like Fred Van Vliet, somebody like that. Uh, but I don't know what they're willing to give up because when I look at the roster, Mikhail Bridges, Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Claxton maybe, outside of that, nobody's like shelling out a bunch of great options for the rest of that depth. Do you think we fall into that category where I feel like we have in the other years? It's like you listen in spaces, you listen to fans, they're like, yeah, we want this, but then it's like, we don't really turn around and look at what we're what we're offering these teams, right? Like right. outside, like it, it just sometimes we're gonna have to give up funny. some DFS. Yeah. I think is going to be one of those pieces that you know could be traded along with them. Those are the pieces. Yeah, I wouldn't mind trading DFS, but if he's on the team, I wouldn't cry about it, right? No, um, I'm just saying, if you want a top guy, you're gonna take. You're gonna have to give up most most of those guys. Like, if you're going to want a number one and point guard, off guard. And forward. if not, you're emptying your your pick cover. You're emptying. Yeah. yeah you you literally are emptying. Like, you're going to have to match that's salaries. True. That's true. You're, you're going to. But that's the other thing, too, is you're going to have to match salaries. And we got and the good thing. If you did make the Dame trade, you do have a lot of expiring contracts. You know, you got Patty, you got Royce, you got Nick Claxton, you got Joe Harris, you got Spencer Dinwiddie, um, you got Edmund Sumner, you got David Duke. You have a lot of expiring contracts to make something work so that it doesn't hurt you as much financially. Yeah. I, I'm my only concern, like, because I do agree, Brett, like, he would be that superstar veteran voice that we were talking about. And I think he would do wonders for the young guys. I've just, I, I, I think as a Nets fan where I'm at of 30 years, I think I'm just, for once I would like to see this team that is in a position, like, cause I think we're in a positive position with picks, being able to get off money to open the books in another season or two when the real superstars are available and they're a lot younger. I, I just, that's the direction I yeah. want to go as a fan. And I, I, I'm tired I of fans saying, I'm wrong or you're wrong, whether, because I think fans that want Dane are not crazy. And I don't think fans that are thinking the way I'm thinking are crazy. Like I, you could really right. make, make the case. Yeah. And the beautiful position that I think the Nets are in is if you want to make a Dame trade work, you can do it. And you could still, if you don't give up the whole world to get them, 
you still have enough to be able to go add more to that to actually give yourselves, okay, hey, because I don't think a Dane move alone makes us contenders. There's some things no, out there. That's the way some yeah. fans are acting. acting when you look, uh, yeah. And that's, I think we need, there's, I think we are, I think we're a few seasons away from truly contending personally. Um, that's one of the questions I wanted to ask. I meant to ask before we got into talking about Tree. I wanted, you know, you guys to answer. And Brandon, I'm aware of, I'm looking at. With so, um, I, what is our goal as a Nets? Um, what is the goal of the Nets this season? Is it to make the playoffs? Yeah, of course, it's to make the playoffs. But because um, my in my head is we need to make the playoffs. We need to win a playoff game. Um, I would love to win the playoff series, but I don't see us going be you know deeper because I don't think we're going to have the team to go deeper than that. But that is my goal to see some growth in that area. Um, I want to see Mikal take another leap in terms of being one of the leaders because he was. Before he wasn't like a featured, and now he will be one of the featured guys. So I, I want to see him make because he still has a ways to go too. Um, and I believe Cam Johnson is going to be on this team. So I need them to grow together. I know Detroit apparently really wants Cam Johnson. I don't want to pay him an outrageous amount considering our cap either. But I um, so I want to see the offer of Detroit is going to they, they're going to give him an offer he can't we, he can't refuse and we can't match but we'll see what happens um because i'm looking at our salaries and it's it's a little crazy guys i mean ben really hampers us when it comes to the cap so yeah. Yeah. in terms of movement um what are, what are our what are our goals this season like what do we what where do we want i think starting there then you know leveling that then you can look at okay what movements can we make with this team we need more reliable scoring at you know at the very least we need that and i think we have a a decent defense but we you know we need coaching to make some improvements on our defensive schemes so let's go around and hear what you guys what your goals are and then also give what moves you would like to see the team make to help get those goals and that's for everybody going across so we can start with whoever was talks first. Go ahead, AJ. What you got? Yeah. So I guess it's hard to say because we don't know we don't know exactly the direction the Nets are going. Right. Um, but for me, like I said, if I told um Saint this the other day, I was like, if we run this team back, I think with the same roster right now, I think we're like a playing team. I don't think we have enough to um, No, we're playing the play. team. Yeah, yeah, we're like a playing team. So you definitely need to add a reliable score if that's a star. Um, I'm I'm okay with that. So like I said, I'm okay with the Dame trade as long as you don't give enough, you know, give the whole boatload for Dame. Um, I know people are talking about the cat situation, Carl Anthony Towns being on the market. And we just saw, like I said, Woj just put out the report that the Nets are searching for some. They're building around Mikhail Bridges, but they're searching for a star to help, you know, yeah. um, Mikhail Bridges out. So I guess if you want to put cat exactly. in that Things category. Out there now. I won't yeah. be surprised if, you know. But we'll yeah. Yay, let's get another Dwight Howard. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so it's like it's either we, we either make the star move and we go for the next, I guess, we want to be a championship team if we make one star move this year. But if we either make the star move and we just, we wait it and see what happens or we just keep this kind of core and hopefully help, I mean, wait for Ben Simmons to be 
actually good or be a star Ben Simmons um, <laughs> draft, get the draft guys in and then hope the coaching staff develops the draft guys. And then we'll just wait another year and keep our assets. We can go that route and just make little minor moves or we go for the star move. So it's like, which move you want to do? It depends how eager you are as a fan, because if you're like a fan like me, I don't want championship championship. I want the Nets to go higher, higher, higher. Oh yeah, me too. I'm, I'm just being realistic about it. Um, yeah. That's all. But I agree with you. Yeah. Some fans want to be patient. I know like Sane and some other fans are like, you know, let's be patient, wait it out, see what happens. And you, know, you have to be year. smart about the decisions and not yeah. hamper us like we have in the past. We can't do that. We have to be smart about the decision making and not pull what Phoenix just did. And I, I'm curious to see how they make, how their end of what team, what their team looks like at the end of the season. Because right now, they have to get rid of DeAndre Ayton. But, but here's here's method. something that we have to watch out for as fans. The mentality of superstars that join the team. That's why I think it's a significant difference between make the playoffs and win a playoff series. Because make the playoffs means I can still lose all four games playoffs that ain't shit but the other thing is why i don't think dame works and dame has alluded to this stars don't want to play with other rookies and they want to play with youngsters they don't want to raise pop they want to play with another star so if you get yeah. one you're signing up to get two yeah if you're not willing to sign up to get two then the goal is let's be competitive enough to just win yeah. games yeah. yeah like that's the goal ain't even playoffs our goal, 60 games, develop these guys. And the downside of that is I'm not going to be able to sell tickets and I got this billion-dollar stadium. And if we're going for Dame, right? Say if they go out, go for Dame, Miami will be the lead for that because they have Jimmy Butler, they have Bam Adebayo. Here, it's like, I know that Dame has a has relationship with Mikal, but he may not feel he's ready for what he's trying to go for. He absolutely like, is not. He's like, yo, I'm trying to be with... <laughs> I think so, Miami will win that one. Yeah, you know Miami's what I mean? Like, bluntly, you know, like, but that's what I mean. Like, when KD and Kyrie were here, I was all rose colored glasses all week. It's because it's, I was, an, I've been a Nets fan for so long. I said, finally, it's our time. Having lived through that, is I, I'm just being, I want to see our Nets win. I want to see us be competitive every season and, and, and be that team that is looked at as, you know, they are on their way up or they got it figured out. Um, I don't think we're there yet. Or be or how we view by other NBA teams also. Um, and right now, the way teams, I'm not sure we, I have to see what, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be listening to you guys. So that, no, um, right. I just, you know, I'm curious to see, okay, we get a number one. That, that, that person needs to see Macau and Cam at, you know, like people, you know, guys that are not too young, because they're not, but they have enough for us to be competitive. Who do you think we can get that can actually help us? And Or what are your thoughts? And we can go to Jay next and then go to Singh. Dude. Let me, <laughs> let me slightly disagree with, with, the, with the premise of Mikel not, not necessarily being ready. When I, when I look at us, the difference between what I what I think one of the main differences would be between him choosing the Nets versus choosing Miami is one, and I'm not taking a shot at Coach Vaughn or the coaching staff, 
but coaching plays a major role in that. Yeah, and what I and, and Spolstra is is easily top three coach in the NBA. A lot of people mm-hmm. argue that he's the best. It's not just the coaching though. It's what the coaching gets out of the players. Miami got to the championship with Caleb Martin looking like a star. Max Struess showed up. Gabe Vincent showed up. They have the guys that Brandon was talking about earlier to, to balance a roster out. Guys who make no money stepped up when the chips were on the table. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's what we don't have. That's mm-hmm. what I think Dame would see as a difference. Yeah, guys yeah. who step up when the chips are on the table, who make no money. What I would like for our team, I'd like for us to be contenders. Yeah, who we trade for. Look, whether it be Dame, we need, and I know y'all said uh, a backup point guard. No, we, we need a starting point guard. Yeah, and I don't know that that we can we can say that Ben will come back healthy and be ready to take on that role at the beginning of the season. Maybe he'll grow into that. Maybe he'll be ready from jump. We don't know that. But we need ball to I know we saw the workout videos. Does that give us any of us hope? It doesn't give me It doesn't for me. I need to see it on the court. I need to see it on the court, personally. But 48 months in yeah. on the, looking at his YouTube videos. No, yeah, we need to see it on the court. But we move. But, but no, I think, and that's a part of like, I think we need to keep Cam Thomas. Because if we do go big game hunting, whether it be Dame, whether it be DeJounte Murray, who I, I've i been there. I've been one of him since he was with the Spurs. Whether oh, yeah. it be, and I know a lot of Nets fans don't want to hear it, whether we, we go after someone like Cat, right? The reality is we have to have those Cam Thomas type players who make $2 million and who have proven, he's proven, to be a serviceable NBA player who can go out there and contribute. Yeah. I don't care what the coach says. And look, it's not just Nets fans, because a lot of fans have said this, that he's one-dimensional. I think it's one of the dumbest arguments that people have made about him being one-dimensional when the one dimension he does is what we struggled with in the playoffs. And that's scoring. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you get, look, you, that's one thing you can't really teach people how yeah. to be natural scorers. He's a yeah. natural scorer and he makes $2 million. Yeah. You, you, you can't find the only person in who, who put anything of value like that for their team making around the same amount of money last season was Nas Reed. He made 1.9, yes. I think. Yes. He's the only other person. And Nas Reed is due for a big raise. Cam Thomas fits what we're looking for, but we need to balance out. Look, Miami showed you whether you're the eight seed, mm-hmm. lose a play-in game. Once you get in the playoffs, one, you don't know who's going to be injured. Yeah, you don't know what what teams are going to show up and what teams are not going to show up. Yep. What teams you think have heart? Everybody thought Boston was walking to a championship this year, and they showed you against Miami that they didn't have heart for it. Yeah, they did not have heart for it. When when you get in the playoffs, if you gel at the right time, you can make a Miami type run. Yeah. So I would I would like and look I expect for us to go to to make trades. Yeah. 
I have that expectation. But it needs to be around guys that Coach Vaughn and the coaching staff feel fit the style of play that we're going to play and will allow us to gel from training camp. And really, this summer, let guys play together this summer, wherever they may be, and then take off running in training camp. Thank you, Jay. AJ? Yeah, uh, I agree with Jay. I mean, like, the Cam Thomas thing, I mean, I would love for Cam Thomas this day, but it's like the the, the organization doesn't like him. From the way they benched him last, I mean, this coming playoffs yeah. and the yeah. way they're moving with him, the way Vaughn is kind of like subbing him slightly in press conferences, just it just seems kind of toxic. And it's like, I hate to see it because he's a, like I said, scoring is one of the best attributes right to in today's game is probably the number one. And you need a scoring in this league because this league is based around offensive and scoring. You know, the way they're officiating now, it's all about getting buckets. So yeah. it's it's one of the best attributes in the game and we need it. So it's so it, weird. We went from being a high scoring team, of course, yeah. when we had Katie exactly. and Gary to struggling to score. It was so bizarre. But yeah. It's, yeah, it's when tough, you get yeah. rid of the top some of the top scorers and when you trade some of the top scorers in the league and you're getting back defensive players and a hodgepodge of players that haven't played on the floor together. That's basically what we store in the second half of the season. So, yeah. Hey, I'm good. You can go jump in. Hey, can I, can I jump back in there for yeah. a second? Because Malika said, who would we like to see traded? And I disagreed with something that Brennan said earlier. And Malika, I disagreed with something that you said. In terms I know you of, do. Mm-hmm. In terms <laughs> of ben, ben messing up our salary cap. Ben is an expiring contract, oh, right? Ben doesn't. Ben is not the only one who messes our salary cap up. Patrick is making seven million. He messes our salary cap up. Joseph Malcolm Harris is going to be making just under twenty million. He messes our salary cap yeah. up. Yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie makes just over twenty million. He messes our salary cap up. We have so many players on our team who don't perform to the amount of money that they're being paid. Yeah. They're all messing our salary cap up. I but agree with that too. I, I think they all also can. This is where I disagree with what Brennan was saying. You don't have to get rid of everybody if you go for someone like Dame or someone like Cat, someone who makes a lot of money, because we have so many overpaid players. SD and Joey together make just under forty million. Mm. The two of them. That's too much. That that yeah. puts us that puts us on any big name free agent. Those two alone, their salary matches up in a trade with any big name free agent. So it, you just have to fill in picks, and and you That's saw with 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 something yeah. like there are teams who may do the Washington model because teams are going to panic, and they don't want to be anywhere near these lines, and they want to say. For those owners like Ishiba who decide that they don't care about it and who will go for the gusto, they can do that. And you know what? The Nets can do it also if they draft well this year. Because if you have two rookies, Pam Thomas, Dayron Sharp, and let's say uh, DDJ, those five guys, those five guys taking up taking up uh, five of the 15 spots, right? Those five guys together will only be making a little bit more than $10 million. 
together, you have to be under, I think, 140 million. Yeah. You're filling in the rest of the, the other 10 spots with however, and you know, some of the guys are going to be minimum guys anyway. Yeah. You're filling the rest of those spots with, with whoever. But, and that helps because Mikel is not making that much. We don't know what, we don't know what uh, Cam Johnson is going to make. But if you add a big priced guy, you're still able to tow that line or be right under it or somewhere around it. And we have, we have a number of guys who are also on, on the last year of their contract. SD is, Joey is, Ben is, uh, Patrick is, Royce is, Edmund Sumner is, and he's not making any money, but we have all of those guys who are on the last year of their deal. So all of their money comes off the books also. So you can you can fit a team around guys and play with the salary cap, even if you want to go over the line this year, because you know next year you can dip right under it with all of the experiments that we have. That's we have, good. we have, I think we have a hundred million coming off the books next year. And Clax is a free agent also. Nobody knows what, what money he's gonna get. Yeah. Well, I thought Ben has a new, is it Ben 2026? Well, at the moment, yeah. at, at the moment, the way it's projected, you have, I'm gonna exclude um, Cam Johnson from this, but you have seven expiring contracts, right? eight with cam johnson but obviously we think he's going to think at the moment we're about 146 million next season if you just take with what we have it drops to seventy-eight thousand. but obviously you're going to add probably million. To, yeah you're going to add probably close to another 20 to that with cam like we like do we all agree that cam is probably going to hit somewhere to the 20 million a year he's probably yeah. going to probably up between 21 and 25 yeah so you're i think you're the Detroit offer is going to be high my only concern and brandon alluded to and i can use it with jay saying so i hear what what we're saying my only thought is if we agreed that adding dame made us better but it doesn't make us a championship contending team it's like and that you need to add somebody else like how high level of a player are we we looking to add and what are we going to have left to be able to do that to even make us a contender and then it's like so you're not only wiping out all that money you're wiping out all the assets i that's the reason i get a little concerned with the dame thing because i think the dame just accelerates everything and you lose that flexibility that jay was just talking about of if you do add a dame like I almost feel like you could kiss Cam Thomas goodbye. You could kiss friggin' Claxton probably goodbye, especially if you add another star to that. Um, and then where are you at next year? And it's like, we keep, I know I'm not bringing up, I'm not getting into the Ben Simmons, but it's like, you just have to figure him in somewhere at some point. It, I think when we say Dame, and when we say Dame, we're, I'm really looking at the salary, right? Yeah. Um, because. You know, like I'm just trying to think. Like Cat is around there. Um, Brevin Fleet would be lower than that. He'll be like at. But if you get Dame, you don't need to pick. Go get Van Fleet. Right. No, I'm just saying. Like I'm just looking at the players that will be out there, different ranges that can well, help us. That's why I'm more for like 
like Jay said, that's why I'm more for like a DeJounte and possibly somebody else, right? Like another level, like, and I know it's not happening, but like, say you were able to trade the Hawks and you were able to get John Collins and DeJounte or Dane. Like, I feel like that other move would be better for the Nets long-term because I still think you remain some flexibility um younger guys that fit more the path of what we're trying to do along with the other guys you still allow yourself some flexibility you would still have some money coming off the books you would still be able i even think to maneuver being able to in in the coming years of 24 25 and those free agencies like if you wanted to go big game hunting you could still manipulate your contracts and your situation with your players to be able to be open to that as well i don't know i just i feel like the dane move accelerates everything and kind of instantly that's your future right there and that's the part i have a problem with i agree with you that's the part i have a problem with after what we've been through and then just the years of watching and I'm going all the way back to like when they got Deron Williams and then when Billy King made the worst trade in history. Oh, like there's just these like repeated moments in Nets history where they find themselves in a position to have a bunch of money, they have a bunch of picks, they have some attractive pieces, and then they make these moves that literally just choke the organization for the next three to four years. And it's like I'm so nervous that we do that again. And it's like, even the people that want Dame will say, yeah, Dame's not enough. But then that's where the conversation stops. They don't really get into like, okay, well, what else is it going to, who else are we going to get? And what else is it going to take to get that person? And Let's then be carry- <laughs> those players. And I'm just saying the word Dame. I don't believe Dame is even gettable unless you're all in on two big guys. Yeah. The fact is he's not doing the deal. He's not supporting the deal unless he knows who's coming there. That's how all these top Basically. guys. Basically. They're not like, it ain't no get me and then if then. They're like, nah, tell me exactly who's going to be landing there with me. Here's the my five to ten guys. Yeah, yeah. You better go get one of these five to ten, then we can talk. If you ain't trying to do that, fuck it. Otherwise, the play, I think the play, the goal is to make your bets on trying to be in Miami. Miami says, hey, we're going to have a lot of rough and tough guys, hella hard, and they're affordable. And we can just, our goal isn't to go win a championship. Our goal, we can't say, is going to be get to the second round because that has cat scared too. Because the reason Miami got there is because I think the strength off, off of Jimmy Bucket's heart, more so than I would look at any skill in that list. All those guys got rejected by every team in the NBA, every team. Miami Heat included. Miami Heat included didn't draft those guys. And they'll admit it. Like, you're either saying, I'm trying to shoot for the moon. And if you shoot for the moon, you're going to pay big dough. So be willing to come out of pocket. If you're not, we're just going to be average, set the expectation. We're going to grow and build and try to be um, Houston Rockets, what they've stepped into, uh, Sacramento Kings, what. Um, uh, uh, what they're trying to do out there, even Oklahoma City. That's yeah, Oklahoma City is going to be something with Chet Holmgren coming back and whatever. But um, I definitely hear you. I think that this, I think the synopsis I hear is that smart 
effective trades that can have us be competitive with the right roster construction. I mean, one thing we learned from Miami is you can compete and go to the finals with a mixture of, you know, hard playing, smart decision-making guys, along with your stars working together and scrapping and getting to that level with good coaching. And all of that together can um, get us to our destination. We're not married to a particular player, even though I said some words about a particular player, but we do know that we need to see some roster changes. I like the coaches that, um, you know, the coaching, some of the coaching staff that we are bringing in. They look like developmental coaches, like we're bringing in our coach from um, Long Island. And we have Kevin Alley, Will Weaver, Jay Hernandez, Ronnie Burrell, and Corey Vinson. Um, so we have some new faces on our coaching staff. Um, Jay Hernandez, I know more about because I also watched the Hornets and he did some good development work with some of their team, some of the team there, some of the young guys. Um, so how do we feel about our coaches and, and melding in with Vaughn and how do we feel about the coaching? I wish we did get a few others, but this is what we got. So what do you guys think of our coaching staff and, you know, compared to last year so far? I think oh, it was wow. a, yeah. All right. I think oh, it was no, a good pivot. Yeah. I think it was a good pivot. Cause I know I wanted a, I wanted the Borrego and I wanted the bull. Yeah, me too. But, you know, those, those mm -hmm. guys got taken early. So I think it was a good pivot. I mean, like Kevin Ollie is a great coach. Um, Corey Vince is going to help Mikhail because Mikhail talked mm -hmm. about that's his development coach from Phoenix. So I feel like that was a good move for, for Mikhail to, you know, get more into his bag. And then as far as Jay Hernandez, I watched a couple um film on him and he does a lot of good um he does like film work with the players you know yeah. the guys when they pull out the laptops mm -hmm. and they're telling players you know you did this this and this wrong and he's he's really good at you know player development so i think our player development just took another leap because we we didn't really have that last year i mean mm -hmm. there was only um what's the coach of that coach claxton i forgot his name again um rfk coach rfk that coach claxton for his leap um, he was probably him and then probably another guy or probably like the two best development coaches on our staff last year. And our staff last year was incompetent. Coach Smoke. Coach Smoke. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like uh, we yeah. were hiring video. We don't get this. Video, video coordinators. <laughs> yeah, yeah, video directors. Video direct, coordinators yeah. as coaches. Video coordinator, year. yeah. Video coordinator. Yeah. And now we have legit real coaches that have been through, you know, they have experience they've been through you know situations um and it's 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 like a night and day kind of difference you know so i i love how what we did with the player development coaches and i hope they succeed under vaughn i really do i like it for a lot of reasons because i put a tweet out before we really started signing anybody and the development was my biggest thing like watching from when nash got here like i'm not talking about nash but I'm just saying then there were better developed, like when you had Kenny, like even for whatever you feel about these coaches, you had better development than you. And then it just went every year. It just went, it got worse and worse and worse. So it was basically nothing. And watching them this season reinvest in coaches that, you know, are going to work with these young guys, not just the vets, but are going to have an impact on the young guys. And then if like we go back to what Brandon was saying, where you add a vet, it's like, it just feels much better. I feel much better about the guys we're about to draft 
and the current guys that are on our team that are young and still have a couple seasons left where you know there's going to be some guys around them that are going to be able to tell them what's up what they need to work on i feel like you added some put like coaches that are not just going to like they like agree with their you know what i, mean? I feel like they'll, yes, they'll call coaches. the player yeah like yes. i think some of these coaches will call some of these younger guys out if they're not pulling their weight or they're not listening i think they yeah. will get they will get to them in a way that's not disrespectful um that's one aspect of like to me that is one of the biggest things it's like why draft if you're not going to develop right like just get move on from your picks like if you're not going to invest any time just like how we were talking about a player that doesn't want to play with young guys it's like why invest all this if you're not going to actually utilize your your assets that you have to to stay younger and relevant so that that was huge for me oh sorry i was gonna say in the last thing like something jay's always said that i love to see is about representing brooklyn i think the fact that they also built a coaching staff that represents more brooklyn in a lot of ways like jay i know you put out a tweet earlier about it you could speak on that i just love all around the moves that they did the diversity and the, the ver exactly the ver i was but there was another the word jay word. used yeah. Repre representation like i love the fact yeah. that there's that like because there are a lot of great coaches that just don't get the play that should and i love that they like they let coach vaughn the one thing i will say i do like about coach vaughn is that i think he does have the ability to know when somebody is a good person and a good fit and a good situation and i think the fact that you could see a difference between Sean Marks putting together a coaching staff and Coach Vaughn. I guess that's the best way. Like, I'm glad it looks like they let Vaughn choose his people, and I'm so glad that they did that. I'm glad they didn't just bring in a bunch of yes men that were gonna yeah. just here. Here's a here's a tablet. Go coach. Like that's what they did for Steve Nash. That's what Sean exactly. Did. That's I'm what they did so with Steve Nash. Yeah, 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 Jay. I was one of the last points the Saint made was going to be the first point that I was going to make. <laughs> the one thing, and I'm I'm going to give Sean Marks kudos for this. What? Partial kudos, <laughs> partial kudos for this. <laughs> because with Coach Atkinson, it never happened. With uh, Canadian Bacon, it never happened. Uh, and so now Coach Vaughn, who's now in his first, going to be in his first full season as the head coach, even though he has passed up a few times before. Coach Vaughn was hired by Sean Marks to be the head assistant for Kenny Atkinson. I'm giving him partial credit because he's allowed, and I'm using allowed as the word, it's not the word I want to use, but Coach Vaughn has been able to choose assistant coaches this summer. That means something because he didn't let Steve Nash do it. He did not let, he didn't let Steve Nash do it any of the seasons that he was the coach. He did not let Coach Atkinson do it also. You can't look, I know the NBA moves away from a lot of things that they would like to do. You can't choose the coaches for the coach. Let him pick who he wants to work with. I say that, and this is where I'm giving partial credit, because Trevor Hendry has no business being an assistant coach in the NBA. 
Sean Marks chose him for Steve Nash, and he's still on on Coach Ron's staff. Uh, what's the what's the Cape Horn? Cape Horn, the Australian guy, no NBA experience. He has no business being an assistant coach in the NBA. Sean Marks chose him for Stevens' coaching staff. He's still on Coach Ron's staff, so I'm taking points away from Sean Marks for that. But the guys that were hot, that that Coach Vaughn wanted to work with, he's been allowed to hire this this um, coming season. Now, I'm gonna slightly disagree with you all from the from the aspect of saying that all of these guys are developmental coaches. From this standpoint, one, Coach Ali was interviewed for the Detroit position. He's already seen in NBA circles as an NBA-ready head coach. Mm-hmm. So having him on the staff is very important. I'm not a fan that, and I, yo, if Coach Udoka wanted to hire Coach Smoke, that should have told Nets fans all they need to know about how uh, other coaches in the NBA view him as. And for everybody who's saying who, who's Coach Smoke, uh, I don't know why his name just Royal Ivy. That's Coach Smoke. I would have loved to have kept him on the team because he worked out with more guys before the games than anybody did. And that includes Coach RFK, who's been working out with people forever in the day. And I'm glad that they kept him on board. My thing about the coaches that Coach Vaughn has been allowed to hire is yes, they're developmental guys. But a part that people are not discussing is where is the NBA going now? They don't practice anymore. And when I said that during the season, people told me I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. Only for Spencer Dinwiddie a couple days later to say, no, we don't practice. And then Paul George the same week to say, no, we don't practice. People thought I made it up when I said it. No, these guys don't practice. So what is the importance of having these developmental guys? The importance is that since they're not running, and when we talk about practice, talking about scrimmages, since they're not running full scrimmages against each other, we need guys who can pinpoint certain ways to develop your game and they can work with certain people during the practice time on developing their game. We need that. So a Jay Hernandez, uh, even bringing back Will Weaver, uh, all of these guys, that stuff is important. Mm -hmm. And yes, competent representation matters. We had one of the whitest coaching staffs (laughs) in the NBA. And it's, you know, it's disrespectful, man. Like seriously. Brooklyn is a melting pot. It is a metropolis. Like, it is a melting pot for so many races. And for us to have one of the whitest coaching staffs in the NBA, what exactly were we doing? Like, come on, man. You you would look at at, at the bench sometimes, and the Nets bench would have Dr. Riley would be sitting on it on the second half of the bench. He would be sitting on it, and one of the Nets security was sitting on it. And I'd be like the only two black guys sitting back there. I'm like, come on, man. We are we serious? Like, and it, the NBA is what percent black? Like, for you to four percent. Okay, thank you. For you to tell me that we had Coach RFK, 
And I know people say, well, Coach Vaughn is a is black. Okay, great. If you don't walk with roll with that, roll with it. We a coach RFK and we a coach Ivy. And aside from them two, everybody else was white. Yeah. No NBA, no other NBA. And that's one of the things I loved about watching the playoffs. You would see the diversity of coaching mm -hmm. staffs throughout the NBA. Denver is not a more diverse city than Brooklyn is. Denver had more black assistant coaches than we did. Mm. Miami is not a more diverse city than Brooklyn is. Same thing. It's like, come on, man. Competent representation matters. They got guys who, yes, they're developmental, but they also got guys who have NBA experience and who are seen in circles as NBA ready in terms of head coaching positions potentially because Will Weaver and Coach Ali have both interviewed for NBA head coaching positions. So I, I like the direction they're going, May, to put it in a nutshell, mainly because Coach Ron was allowed to pick guys he wants to work with, even though Sean still has his, his guys on the coaching staff. And Vaughn picked Ali? He, he handpicked? Yes. He did? Okay. Yeah. And Jay, the, the, the most hurtful part is the white coaches that they did choose, they weren't qualified for their jobs. Like not they weren't, they wrong, weren't, man. they weren't experienced coaches. So that's Ridiculous. the even more painful part. There was so like, much wrong with the construction of our team, our coaching staff, that people just saw the superstars and didn't see the other factors um, involved. Okay. Brandon, do you have anything you want to add on the coaches, and then we can get out of here and no, I think for the preseason when that later. It's going to be interesting. The options that are available to the Nets. It's definitely going to come through relationships too. Uh, I think the team is still reeling from all that stuff that happened with Kyrie and KD. You still have guys like Cam and Claxton that are on the team. Whether we like those players or not, and I, I hear we all need spaces and they hate Kyrie and they hate James Harden, they hate whoever. The rest of these guys in the NBA and these coaches are calling those guys. They're going to be hitting up Nick Claxton. They're going to be hitting up yeah. uh, Thomas. Those are going to be the guys who are going to be able to give the real deal. And the story that they're telling around this change is going to be critical to yeah. their ability to be successful in the trade market or in the draft. Yeah. Draft be what it is, but from a trade perspective. I agree. Um, I agree. That's why I was thinking this season, I want this to be competitive and we'll see what happens as the seasons. Cause I think that we need to build up our reputation again um after last year i don't think people are in, or are thinking about relationships and reputations we have now i mean that's why katie went to where he wanted to go because with the Kyrie, yep. the way the, the Kyrie exit was they yep. made sure they got katie to where he wanted to go and when you look at that you know brand what what uh what wizard got back for bradley beal I don't want to hear one complaint about the Katie and the <laughs> yep. yeah, they really but, but, but to your point, Saint, this is what superstars do. Like, we say, oh, we don't want to go down that path of getting superstar team. KD is in the league for 10 more years, and he could do it 10 more times. He would do it 10 more times. <laughs> we go after the best player he respects. He doesn't. He may not like Kyrie from a personality point of view, whatever, and I'm not sure that's even true. But he definitely respects dude's game. Same with Bradley Bill, same with Damian, yeah. same with, uh, you know, any of these other cats. 
Like, and the more Apollo keeps hanging out with these guys, he's gonna be another guy like that. Yeah, like yeah. He's gonna be a guy I, like that's that. That's a whole Orlando is a whole because I I just I think, think the mentality of these guys is that the they are driving these decisions, and the team has to decide: Are we gonna be all in on trying to be a superstar team, trying to go deep into the playoffs? That's one path, and that path means we shelling out dough, or we just gonna be trying to develop our squad, get get Ali. I think that was a great pickup, a guy that works with young talent, get him going. And our goal is not to win playoff games. We can say that if we want, but we know because we gotta face top two, top three guards in the league. Nah, I, I we need to get to the playoffs because I'm not trying to give um I'm not trying to give um lottery picks. Um, that's the bottom. We need to get to the playoffs, and it'll be I mean, good prepare for the playoffs, but not win a game. Because if you want to win a playoff, no, 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 I disagree. I disagree. I mean, at least if I, I wouldn't mind. I want us to win at least a game, but I want us to win a series. <laughs> oh no, Malika! I want us to win a series. Malika's like, I don't care, but just win me a game by now. I said a series. I'm saying win a playoff series. I want us to win. Malika's like, uh, uh, just win me a game. No, no, no. I want us to win the playoff series. The more if we win the playoff series, we're deeper in the draft, right? So, you know, that's, you know, we don't control our pick. I want that pick as late as humanly possible. And, and that's where I'm at with okay. it. But in that playoff you know. series, when a playoff series means we going to the left, we sending out dough, getting two big guys, scrap the squad. Because you're playing a top two, top three lineup. I mean, Miami did it this year. Yeah, I, I'm not saying we're going to win the finals. I'm saying no, 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 no. I wouldn't I'm saying mind. I'm saying a playoff series. To I'm get saying that. a playoff series. I would love that. All, all I'm saying is my goal, my as a fan, I would like to see us not only win a game. Okay. I would love to see us win a playoff series because I want the draft pick later in the first round. I have an ulterior motive for that because we don't control our picks for a few years, and I want our pick late as hell. That's what my, I'm not saying we're going to win the Eastern Conference and we're going to get to, you know, we're going to win the second round. I want us to at least win the first round. I'm with That's you. That's all I'm saying. I'm with, you. I'm with you. And I'm saying, if you want to go down that route, you're going to have to go get a top tier guy. Any top tier guy not named Jimmy Buckets, you better have a second one sitting here or I'm not coming. No, I so said that. We, I agree. But yeah. we'll see. I think we're at the point where we'll see with Sean Marks. Chris Winfield has all this trust, and um, and I love Chris Winfield. He thinks Sean Marks is the perfect person for the position of Nets are in. Um, we're going to send you off, uh, Nets Kingdom, um, Saint and AJ, Jay from BK and Brandon, and and myself. And as Nets fans, we're going to say Sean Marks. We're putting our trust in you to get the job done.